Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 19th of June 2016. I hope you're all surviving uh, this little heat wave we're having right now. It's nice to have a little heat wave. It reminds you how it used to be normally. And uh, the thing is too, the pollen count is way up and everyone's kind of hoarse or they're sneezing or both, you see. But uh, the softwoods, pine, spruce and so on are giving off lots and lots of pollen until everything literally out there is just yellow. Now, tonight I'd like to talk about organized insanity. Uh, I've talked about it before. It's quite a good topic, actually. And it's an interesting topic because you would understand that uh, there are forms of apparent insanity that is fostered off upon the public. And uh, it's never written down in that fashion, of course. But uh, when you really study things for yourself, you actually see it happening where wrong is right, right is wrong, upside is now normal, and downside is, is, you know, it's just everything's opposite. And this is what is meant to put you off balance because I've talked about it before so many times that when you're off balance, when you don't know what to hang on to anymore, uh, you can be so easily controlled and made to adapt to anything that's just wacko, basically. And, um, and it's happening all the time all around you. The, the time of change, the century of change, which this is, and academia and the CFR and all the rest of the big boys were talking about this all the last century, and they control the centuries. <laughs> For those who think it just evolves by itself, like the futurists would have you believe, it just evolves by itself through necessity. Nonsense. Absolute rubbish. It no more evolves by itself than the Industrial Revolution uh, came out by itself. It was planned that way. By those who controlled the money, by the way. In fact, I think it was Lord Rothschild, when he was put into the House of Lords, he passed, he put in the bill for the Corn Laws, which allowed foreign imports, cheap imports, to be dumped in Britain, put the farmers under, and they all had to move off their land, which went, went awfully, awfully cheap, by the way, and they moved into the, this, these overcrowded cities, or cities that became overcrowded very quickly, and um, gave their lives, basically, gave their lives just to almost survive. Most of them died, actually. Their lives were worth a few years of hard work, 16 hours, 18 hours a day. And uh, that was it. They died. Disposable. Then the post-industrial society, which the big boys themselves, again, and all their helpers, all the, the agencies and, and, and sciences that worked for them, um, managed to bring in the post-industrial society. It did not happen by itself any more than uh, the NAFTA and GATT deals and, and, and the signing of it with China, which enabled the big corporations to move offshore to China and uh, lock, stock and barrel up, up their factories and gone. And your tax money uh, enabled them to do it because we paid for all. Didn't happen by itself, you see. It takes coordination. It takes planning and coordination and timing and everybody working together at the top to make these things happen. And now you're post-industrial, you see. So no, never think that you're evolving uh, into some kind of uh, 
chaotic future as often uh, the paid off and, and promoted, the, the famous ones, uh, the famous um, futurists would have you believe. When they make a bestseller out of something like uh, futurist books and so on, then you can take it to the bank pretty well that he's writing on behalf of those who plan the futures. doesn't happen by itself. You've got to remember, too, that nothing is ever as it's presented to you in media. Nothing. You may get a bit of a truth, but you have a completely different understanding if you don't get all of the truth on any particular thing. And you never will, actually, when it comes from positions of power, because power is always using every incident, real or imaginary, to have more power over you and to have you change your ways or be more obedient or whatever uh, in order for them to, to get more power over you. It's just the way it goes. It's a sad thing, but, I mean, media today really is just a form of, uh, well, it's all control, isn't it? And many of uh, the top moguls in years gone by have admitted that when they retire, that they're, they're really, they're just uh, little puppets that, that work for the elite, the real elite. And it makes you wonder how much money the real elite really have when uh, the moguls themselves in, in the news industry are in, in the multi-billionaire class pretty well. But yeah, you've got to have the media on board if you want to control the minds and the thoughts of the public. If you want to agitate them towards being uh, ready for a war or, or even wanting to get involved in a war, uh, you've got to get it all ready, all the propaganda ready, and everybody must be on board with you. Uh, you'll always leave your, your apparent... Um, anti-social uh, newspapers, the kind that don't go along with them. You'll obviously leave one or two of them to give another point of view. But the big ones, of course, themselves are always for whatever that has been planned already by the elite. And we do, we, we do go along with it all, don't we? Because after all, where else are you going to get the information from? It's different when they talk about, uh, as I say, changing society. That it just comes from dynamic forces within society from the grassroots. I've given so many talks on that in the past to show how, how nonsensical it is because Plato talked about it uh, in pretty good detail, actually, on how nothing comes from the, the people at the bottom that's allowed to progress. Because anything that's not planned by the elite, those who already control, it could upset their, 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 their system of control. So anything that really takes off in society was authorized from the top, the very top, you see. And nothing will ever change when it comes to that. You can see, even even in the last few hundred years, any systems that, uh, that came out to agitate the dominant powers were immediately crushed, immediately crushed before they could get any voice at all. So... Nothing has changed when it comes to that. When you see massive change going on in society, and then you check into who funds it, all the private um, so-called philanthropists, uh, the big think tanks, uh, they work for the foundations, the foundations behind it all, of course, and the foundations owned by the richest people in the world. And these are hereditary, uh, hereditary families, by the way. Uh, then um, obviously they, 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 they point the direction for the future, don't they? And we all have to follow, thinking it's all quite normal, no matter what it is. 
And uh, I've talked too about uh, all the radical, what's called radical change, that is funded by, number one, your tax money. <laughs> it goes to the different groups, and they also get money from the foundations, the tax-free foundations, and so on and so on, to, to introduce and push and promote the changes that are actually wished for and demanded by the elite. Otherwise, they wouldn't get your tax money for one thing. Never mind all the foundation's money, too. So when the richest folk on the planet are funding something, you know, it's a must-be. That's what it's called. It's a must-be. It's going to be. So it's a must-be. It will not fail, in other words. No matter what it happens to be. And after all, why, when you're wanting to... Plan and dominate the future as you already dominate today. Why on earth uh, would you think small? You've got to think big. And after all, uh, as Rockefeller himself said, you, you can't make an omelette without breaking eggs. Well, all the broken lives and broken minds, even perhaps, uh, that, that occur during big, massive changes in society, uh, that, that's just unfortunate, but it has to be. It was planned that way. It's like the, the Bolshevik Revolution, you know, over in Russia. It was planned through a lot of planning, a lot of planning by the West as well, and funding too to get it all going, um, as it must be. But look at all of the, the lives that are upset, the upheaval, you know. Uh, middle classes and, and, and poor folk too Everybody was literally Tossed out in the street pretty well For a long time And uh, it upset everything There was no regular function anymore in society For quite a while And that was just You know, the omelette's getting made And that was, you know, the egg's getting broken It just has to be, it's unfortunate Rockefeller, there you go So, nothing is changing Except the change The change, the plan change, which is again, meant to upset a lot of people when norms are upset. It's even in, I think it's in uh, Revelation, in the Bible, uh, where they talk about uh, a time would come. It could even be the Old Testament as well, I'm pretty certain it is somewhere, but, it, but it's in there about uh, a time would come when uh, children would go against their parents. Totally contrary, in other words, argumentative. Husbands would uh, be against their wives, wives would be against their husbands. Uh, There'd be all kinds of promiscuity, an age when folk are running back and forth all over the place. Well, that's like the internet, it's like travel today, and so on. And uh, and, uh, But the thing is, when you look in in the past, in in ancient times, it, it wasn't difficult to at least get the same strategies for change. Uh, you always must go for the youth, you see. You go for the youth. It had been done before in ancient times, over and over. You go for the youth. You indoctrinate them with the new normal uh, way to look at things and make them feel superior to their old-fashioned, silly, doddering parents, you see. So you never change the technique. And all the, the recent tyrants in history have all said the same thing. Go for the youth. Indoctrinate them. And you also go for the wives because um, at the ancient times, the, uh, if there was any problems at all, even the, the, the talk, the rumor of a revolution among slaves in Rome, ancient Rome, then the order went out to, from the top to the wives of slaves that um, don't, don't help them in any way, don't uh, prepare a meal for them, don't have any uh, conjugal relationships with them, etc., etc., until they toe the line, as the Masons say. And uh, that's what would happen. 
and it's still used today. It was even still used in, in the U.S. at one point as well. Uh, so anyway, the same techniques, those same techniques are simply repeated. Why would you want to, to why wouldn't you use the same techniques if they, if they worked once or work again? Plato said that too. If you know the formula to introduce a change of behavior, instead of any kind of change of behavior, uh, simply introduce it in the same format. And that's what they do. They also don't rush it. Don't rush it, you see. A little bit at a time. A little bit at a time until something's completely reversed. There you, there you have it. Simple. It's, it's become normal, you see. Once it's normal, you can forget it. It'll continue by itself. I've spoken about a really good movie to watch, and that's Wag the Dog. Excellent movie, actually. Good comedy. And yet, it really has more reality in it and how deception is put upon the whole public via the media and the news and how, how you can make something that never happened appear to have happened and you put your own spin as to how it happened so you can get a particular benefit from the story. Uh, it's really, really well done. And of course, the great quip in it too, it goes over and over, is well, it must be true, it's on TV. And that is so true, isn't it? It's so true. It must be true, it's on television. But if you haven't seen that movie, you should see it. That's the kind of movie it should be shown in schools, actually. So they can try and create one generation of youngsters who are who know that power is always trying to fool and pull a con over the public. So they'll always question things. It's like the CFR who came out right after 9-11, they said, how can we use this disaster to our advantage? So, so, so media was too. And it's happened time and time again. We've had Hillary say it, we've had, heard different ones say, how can we use it to our advantage? Uh, so it's nothing to do with what actually happened or an incident or the cause of it. Uh, let's, 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 let's make a different spin on it in order to get more power to get what we want done. That happens all the time. So you cannot really get a truth from the top, as far as I'm concerned, anymore, if you ever did, in fact. You just can't get it. And the silly way things are presented to you, really silly. Uh, Like this one here, for instance, it's about Canada and the national anthem. And... It says that the, a liberal MP, Maureen Bellanger, or Bellinger, made an emotional appearance in the House of Commons Fridays in a wheelchair with Lou Gehrig's disease. And uh, it says to ensure his bill to make all Canada gender neutral, that's the, that's the national anthem, can pass a final vote next week. I mean, is this wise in politics to make sure that, that one line in a song's chain is, is you know, really... But again, it's got the, the, the emotional thing, he's in a wheelchair and so on. And to be honest with you, I don't think anybody cares. I, I doubt this is a talking point among society, that, that, uh, that the one line is going to be changed or should be changed. I very much doubt if anybody's even thought of it. You know? In fact, I think most folk don't even know the words to it anyway, to be honest with you. It's kind of like the British one. A good series on television many, many years ago had more truth in it than, 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 than most uh, non-fictions. 
do or dramas do was Dad's Army. And Dad's Army had one episode where during World War Two is where the people are on the cinema, the local cinema, the movie house, and at the very end, they, they used to, they used to in Britain, uh, play the national anthem to the Queen. You see, and they had it in the in the actual comedy show that uh, you see them, them all a dash, running at the door like a stampede, and the, the captain of the home guards getting almost run over. Uh, because it was it was it coincided with the last call in the pubs, the bars, uh, for for a drink before they closed. So everybody would rush out like crazy, as the as the they put on the national anthem, and uh, the only person trying to stand and salute and all that was was this uh, this um, home guard captain. That's quite funny, but I mean that's that's generally how folk I think really. Treat national anthems. They sound so kind of pompous, even, don't they? That the, the way that they, the, the, the music's played, etc. And um, it, it, from a different era, really from a different era. You, you would see that, for instance, in the 1800s in Britain, obviously with the, with the, the big plume feathers of the ostrich in their in their helmets in the military, the, the, and the generals and all that kind of stuff. When it was a big spectacle. But once you go into the 20th century and then 21st century, it seems, it just seems from a, it's almost like the Stone Age, doesn't it? So, but anyway, this article here says um, this, this, this um, particular politician in Canada put forth a bill to change, I think, one line. I don't know if there's any more to be changed in it, but it says, in all thy sons command, you see. Uh, and it's going to be changed to, in all of us command, making the anthem gender neutral. Now, I don't know anybody who's been upset with that at all, the, the, the way it was already. Uh, I'm sure it's not the main thing that's in Canadians' minds. In this day and age, uh, when there's massive inflation, really, the prices of food's out of sight. Energy, electricity and everything else is out of sight and, and going up and up and up. Everybody's worried about their jobs. And uh, and we get this This is fed to us to be an emotional topic, for goodness sake. Really? Is that the best immediate? Of course the media's going to give you this one because it's an emotional thing and it doesn't really matter to most Canadians. It really doesn't. Because I say most of them don't even know the national anthem for words. And it said here, um, which I didn't know actually, was, was that they're going to put it back to what it was more than a century ago. Now, I, I don't know if I can prove it was that a century ago or not. You see? And why waste the time on it? But uh, this is a big story, you see. But that's what they give you, isn't it? That's what they give you to fret about and argue about and, and all the rest of it. Really. But it ties in with this age of insanity. Because all these little things together, all these little stories, you see, make you think that everything's just chaotic and, and you can't understand what's happening. And, and when you can't understand it, you just stand back and let it all change, including the big changes, you see. They really snuck in all over the place. But when you start changing and making it law, that certain words can no, can no longer be used, even in ordinary conversation. After all, we speak because we communicate. When you can end communication, then you're into George Orwell's 1984. 
where the dictionary gets thinner and thinner and thinner. And there's new speak, you see, the new terminology to use, which conveys only what the elite want it to convey. And, and, and you can't eventually have words. There's words missing that you, you need to use to explain actual reality. It's gone. And as the dictionary gets thinner and thinner too, and it's full of newspeak, uh, it's impossible for anyone to foment revolution because no one will be able to understand the other person. The words are gone to express it. You can't express anything that matters. Isn't that interesting, eh? It's no coincidence. No coincidence that you have these, 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 um, uh, these new censor departments on what you say. Because what you say, remember, is only a reflection of what you think. Thought crime. Thought crime. And now you have speech crime. And so on, and so on, and so on. You can't really ever believe you live in a free society when forces at the top are completely serious on what they're doing and what they intend to do when it comes to speech and curtailing of speech or thought or, or even innocent questions spoken by children about certain topics or adults. I mean, we are, we are very curious creatures as humans and that's what your mind thrives on is learning new things all the time, understanding things. When that's curtailed, then your mind is imprisoned. You are imprisoned. And you cannot ever say that you live in a free society. That's a, it's, it's, it's a travesty. It's, it's beyond a joke. Beyond a joke. A joke you can laugh at. This is way beyond a joke. This is something you should be, you should be very fearful of. Part, a good part, in fact, of how you're trained is through the initial subtleties. Just little quips that come out. Always spoken the same way. When they create a meme, for instance. And I've given talks in the past years ago about universities being given permission to collect all your data to an internet. Certain ones are like MIT, on behalf of the government, you see. And don't believe it's just certain content. No, it's all the content, folks. And it has been from the beginning. From your phone calls, everything in your, in your, your talks, etc. Everything in your emails and texting and so on and so on. And they, do, they constantly do all these surveys on you, on everyone, in fact, and, and all the different categorizations that they slot you all into, all your personality types, as they're profiling everybody, you see. And you'll find that they also put out memes. Memes are how you initially start parts of the change. You want people to start yapping about something in conversation. And you can do it subtly to start with, or put out in a kind of joke form to, to start with. There's many techniques that are used to put out a meme. And, and information can, can appear very, very credible, the way it's put across to the public by very, again, the usual uh, newscasters, especially the older ones that have been on the box for years and years and years. You've been brought up with them. You're like your granddaddy. Uh, would he lie to you? And that's why they keep them, uh, you know, tottering on these seats, uh, because yet you are conditioned to believe uh, the granddaddy truth version, you see. 
and they keep them on the go until you know their their heart gives out or something. But and that's why they pay them so much money as well. Would they lie to you? Now, you'll find that the memes are put out, as I say, and repeated and repeated and repeated. Then, of course, the MIT and different top universities with access are given to special departments to analyze all this data in real time, the pulse of the people. You see, are they chatting about it yet? What's their chatter? And they can work out to see if it needs tweaked a little bit more and so on. And do the words have to be changed a little bit in this meme to make more folk go into it, etc. You see, and use it. And it goes on and on and on. Now the meme can be complete fakery. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't really matter, uh, except that, 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 that it, it does matter to the extent that they know the public can be made to believe anything. Remember Adam Weishaupt. And Adam Weishaupt said, Oh foolish man, what can you not be made to believe? And I've always been aware of these memes getting put out like trial balloons. When government knows they can now pass and put a bill across, it's because through various means they've tested the public prior to that over a few years with what they call trial balloons. Then have all their, their pollsters. Today, as I say, it's much easier. Uh, you don't need to rely on the pollsters. Uh, you can simply put it through the, the, the profiling in real time. What's the chatter on the net, you see? It's quite easy to do. I've always known it, as I said. See, the, the content doesn't matter to me, one way or another. But here's a story that really doesn't matter to me from Canada. To show you the chaos again, this is what they give you as news, Right? And it said that um, the police and firefighters are called in after flat earth debate turns heated. Uh, a man was angered by the suggestion that the earth is flat. That's a big meme right now. Uh, through propane tank into the fire, please say. This is a family argument over whether the earth is flat or round became so heated, that's a little pun of course, that one of the participants threw a small, that's a, probably a small propane cylinder, if it was in a backpack, it would have to be small, um, into a campfire, prompting an intervention by firefighters. The dispute boiled over a question most considered resolved centuries ago, boiled over around 10.30pm Monday at St. Lawrence Park in Brockville, Ontario. And the 56-year-old Brockville man was at the campsite with his son and his son's girlfriend when the woman began insisting that the earth is flat. So he got really heated and angry in the whole thing. Eventually uh, started throwing stuff out his backpack into a fire. And um, firefighters came to put up the campfire and so on. And he'll probably get charged with mischief for, for losing his temper and throwing that in. This is what they give you as news, though. This is news. Uh, as folk really are worried about jobs and everything else that's happening, and the coming bail-ins, well, the bail-ins are all signed if the, if the banks ever just decide to grab folk's savings and things. Um, it's all been signed into law, because the, they're not going to bail them out, they claim the next time, by tax money, they're going to just tell the banks to get out of it any way they can, and that includes the right to just take the cash that's been deposited there. Uh, they're worried about a lot of things, a lot of things. But this is what they give you for news, you see. Now, that kind of thing doesn't bother me in the least. Because today, you see, you're, you're filled 
with, with all these supposed science shows and science quips and all the rest of it until you're fed up here. I get fed up hearing all the rubbish. All the, all the could-spees in outer space or they might have seen another planet or blah, blah, blah. It really doesn't affect me at all. It really, really doesn't. I don't fall for it all or start chatting about it. Oh, do you know they're talking about there could be another... It really doesn't make a darn bit of difference to my life. Does it, does it make any difference to your life? Does it? Huh? I mean, are you supposed to be an expert in everything? No. And most of these characters that work for the science and all the rest of it, too, are living on grants. They'll, they'll say anything to get their names in the paper and get another grant going. For any, anything, you know, anything at all. Because, as I say, that's, that's, they're, they're, they don't produce anything except maybes and possibilities and yada, yada, yada. It doesn't make any difference to me. Or one day we'll go off into space and yada, 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 yada. Uh, you know, in another hundred generations or something. It doesn't affect me whatsoever. So why waste time filling your head up with all this useless data? Huh? Do you realize you've got one life to live, eh? One life. And as soon as you're born, you've got all these forces out there, including your parents, who try to download their indoctrinations onto you. You see? And then school and all the rest of it. Then your TV. And then every radio thing that you put on, an AM radio or FM across the country, there's all these advertisers buying away, wanting to take charge of your brain, you see. Do you realize it's a fight to think for yourself? Do you realize that everything is stacked against you thinking for yourself on anything? Anything. They'll want to fill you full of data. And how much data, useless data, can your brain hold? I think that's more of a reason for folk cracking up. It's just rubbish. Don't let it all in. And things that don't matter, you don't even get heated about it. Just ignore it. It reminds me of, of Sherlock Holmes. You find that the, the stories are always supposedly written by Sherlock Holmes' sidekick, Dr. Watson. And Watson mentions, I think, the first book and chapter when he met Sherlock Holmes, how ignorant Holmes was on what was called general knowledge, general topics and so on that you got at school and universities. He didn't know the, the, the top authors of the day. He didn't know much about their philosophies and so on. And um, or he had no interest in politics, who the politicians were or anything else. Uh, he, because basically, um, Holmes specialized in certain areas. And when he asked Holmes about it, he, he, Holmes said, well, it's just most, most people's minds or brains, basically, are, are empty at birth. And they, they, they cram them full of all the relevant knowledge that there is until everything's mixed up and crowded out and covered over with all irrelevant facts, basically. He says, it's, it's like an attic, he said. You, all the excess stuff in his brain he didn't need, he just put into this attic uh, and um, and kept the, the, only the pertinent things uh, in his actual main room, his brain, you see. Uh, but most of it were different through their indoctrinations, etc. And that's how it really is, isn't it? Uh, and that's supposedly is what made this fictitious detective uh, such a fantastic sleuth. 
Uh, he could figure anything out by deduction of logic, you see. His mind wasn't crowded with all the, the daily nonsense of, of uh, trivia and media and advertisers demanding chunks of your brain. And how right Conan Doyle was, the author, when you think about today, because they tell us, in fact, with glee almost, that on the internet and various things that, that people are training themselves to do, uh, it, it rewires the brain. They're ecstatic about it. Uh, so what should it normally be, you see, uh, compared to what is it when you, when the, you finish with it all, uh, all, the, all your indoctrinations and your rewiring, what are you then? Do you believe anything for yourself? Can you deduce anything for yourself? Or are you pretty well helpless and you need to be informed what you think, believe, or do? Uh, you've got to think of these powers, remember. And remember, too, that Aldous Huxley talked about similar things as well, that the techniques way back in his day uh, that he'd observed himself uh, that were being tested and played with on people, uh, techniques of managing the, the mind. He was talking about the times when, when they could actually use psychiatric patients and stick wires in their brains and things like that. They actually did that. I don't think they stopped with Delgado's bull. Uh, no, they, they used humans as well. Then the Russians were doing the same thing in the Soviet Union. Incredible. <laughs> uh, uh, very, very old footage of that too, if you've ever come across it. Um, but yeah, uh, basically, um, literally, <laughs> literally in, in the, the deepest sense, rewiring the brain. But he said that, it, that the sciences, uh, which are in control of a few powerful men, he said, could literally dominate nations and the world. And he wasn't kidding, you see. Uh, he didn't speculate about it either. He knew the big foundations that were working towards this on behalf of the masters. And he, he knew some of the masters, the real masters, the inner circles, as they call them, because uh, he belonged to that class that helped them in, them in previous generations get to that position or hold on to power. So he knew that, and he, his family too were, were up there in the scientific helping class. They saw themselves as indispensable uh, to the ruling elite, the, the dominant minority. And he talked about that, the dominant minority, and how they'd always, always be around. They had always been around and always would be around. But they wouldn't do all that. The, the, the work that you'll see um, presented to you, they don't come forward as politicians and things like that, you see. And his brother was more open about it. He talked uh, at some global meetings. He worked at the United Nations. And uh, he talked about it too, his brother, Julian Huxley, about all their ambitious plans. And it literally was to rework and reorder all of society for different purposes, and definitely not for your for a purpose of your own. <laughs> so it's all been done, basically, hasn't it? Um, you also had big institutions like the Frankfurt School that were very blatant about their agenda and how they would destroy everything that was the Western culture. They blamed it for warmongering, for everything under the sun. And, and they said that uh, they would destroy everything that was normal, basically, right down to, to making, at the end of it, uh, they could even make necrophilia uh, common and normal. And there was everything that was normal, even in the sexual realms, they were going to destroy and change. So don't think for a minute that things just evolve by themselves. Don't think that for a second. 
Don't think that at all. <laughs> and just to get back to Sherlock Holmes, um, when it was explained to him uh, about the sun and the earth and how the, the earth goes round the sun and all the rest of it, he says, uh, you, you appear to be astonished, talking to Watson, because uh, Watson was astonished that, he didn't, that Holmes didn't know this. And he says, now that I, I know it, I shall do my best to forget it. Because, he says, he says uh, I consider that a man's brain could only hold so much. And it's true. It is true. It's like a, a computer. You delete something to allow more in at a certain stage. At a certain stage, it just has to be, you see. And that's how he, he saw things. And things that really didn't matter. It didn't make any difference uh, if the sun it went around the earth or the earth went around the sun. It really doesn't make any difference to you, does it? I mean, people people live for supposedly millions of years, supposedly, uh, with, with uh, the same things going on w- with the things in the skies and so on. And knowing it or not knowing it didn't make a darn bit of difference to their lives, did it? Didn't. If there's light outside, you use it. If it's dark, it's best to stay indoors. That was it. Very simple. Nothing complicated. But today, you've got every expert under the sun telling you things. Little documentaries telling you how you should change your behavior. Change the way you think about this. Think about that. And all the rest of it. Obviously, your own opinions that you've come to by yourself, hopefully, are all wrong. You mustn't have them. You mustn't have them. And that's the message, you see. What was it that George Orwell had in 1984, near towards the end, when he's picked up uh, and brought in for, to be tortured by the Ministry of Love, you know? What is it? He, he meets a neighbor there. And the neighbor had been denounced to the thought police by his, his daughter, his little daughter who was dressed like a, either a Hitler youth type, because they can always use the children, or it could be the Young Communist League, because they were very similar, very, very almost the same, the, way they, the same techniques, same techniques, in their little uniforms. And they're both taught to denounce their parents for subversion or heresy or whatever it happens to be. And uh, the neighbour said to, to Winston, the character in 1984, he said, when he got caught, he says, I didn't know it myself. It was my daughter who denounced me. She heard me saying something in my sleep. Thank God she did catch me in time before I did anything. That's what he said. And you think you're not getting there now? Huh? You're there, all right. You're there. <laughs> and you're letting it all happen. It gives a completely new meaning, doesn't it, to you've been talking in your sleep, that song. Now, another meme put out, too, is this one here. I mean, I often wonder when they'll just give up with the, with the, with the Nazi thing. They keep reviving it all the time, and um, it becomes an, a Nazi's in outer space. And they've even got guys out there selling books on it. Oh, the Nazis just, oh, they often colonize the stars, you know. And there's some amazingly well-financed, incredible talk shows on it late at night uh, pushing all this stuff. And the guys come on like salesmen. It's like they rehearse all this stuff and just prattle, 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 prattle. And, uh, and folk are falling for it. 
mystery of the alien skulls and Nazi briefcase found in remote mountain woods. It's a meme, you say. It's been put out and and from different institutions as well to get all this stuff really going. Then they sit back and they, 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 again, they, they just have their pulse on the public. Who's chatting about what? Are they chatting about this? Can we tweak it, make more folk chat about it, you know? What was it Brzezinski said? Shortly the public will be unable to talk about anything except what was on last night's news or documentary or whatever, you see. And that was the 1970s, he said that. It's long past. It's been happening for years and years and years. And they've got this rubbish here with these fake skulls and so on, how they were found. There's no evidence of anything, but it was found with a, near a, a Nazi briefcase and German full-color map of the Aegea region made in 1941. Anyway, it's, it's just uh, rubbish. But this is mainstream news. Mainstream news. You know. They're all getting in the act as well as they lose readers that get all this kind of stuff out to attract attention. But the Express has got it in from Britain. And, and they keep it going, you know, keep it going. But yeah, you've got Nazis in outer space, you know. Ooh, <laughs> such a joke. But yeah, the folk will fall for it and lots of folk will. And uh, here's an article here, for instance. It says... Um, Publishers Springer and IEEE are moving more than 120 papers from their subscription services after a French researcher discovered that the works were actually computer-generated nonsense. These are science, science papers and so on. Over the past two years, computer scientist Cyril uh, Labbé of uh, Joseph uh, Fourier University in Grenoble, France, has catalogued computer-generated papers that made it into more than 30 published conference proceedings between 2008 and 2013. 16 appeared in publications by Springer, which is headquartered in Heidelberg, Germany, and more than 100 were published by the Institute of Electrical and Electronic Engineers, that's the IEEE, based in New York. Both publishers, publishers, which were privately informed by Labbé, said that they are now removing the papers. Among the works were, for example, a paper published as a proceeding from the 2013 International Conference on Quality, Reliability, (laughs) Risk, Maintenance and Safety Engineering held in Chengdu, China. The conference website says that all manuscripts are reviewed for merits and contents. It's all fake. The authors of the paper entitled TIC, A Methodology for the Construction of E-Commerce, write in the abstract that they concentrate our efforts on disproving that spreadsheets can be uh, made knowledge-based, empathic and compact. That was in Nature News, and has attempted to contact the conference organizers and named authors of the paper, but received no reply. So... uh, it's quite a good article. It's quite long, actually. And then they, they, they go into how to create a nonsense paper. It was only about last year I mentioned, uh, again from the mainstream, uh, how many follow-ups there are on all these scientific uh, papers that go out there, and they're all put out there as little factoids of the day. Did you know, Gaddy? And not everybody prattles about it from all the mainstream and, and so on. And uh, and then so most of them are actually disproven within about a year. So why give us the rubbish in the first place? To fill your brain up, you see. To clog it up. 
But anyway, um, it says, how to create a nonsense paper. Uh, LeBay developed a way to automatically detect manuscripts composed by a piece of software called SCI-GEM, which randomly combines strings of words to produce fake computer science papers. Uh, SciGen was invented in 2005 by researchers at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, naturally, MIT, you know, massive government grants and CIAs involved. And so. It says, um, in Cambridge, to prove that conferences would accept meaningless papers, and as they put it, to maximize amusement. And it gives you links to uh, the gobbledygook paper. And so a lead program generates random physics manuscript titles on the satirical website uh, are Zive versus Snar Zive. Anyway, I'll, I'll put all this up tonight for those that really want to waste their time and look into it. But, yeah, you'll find so much that's put out there is absolute junk. Not only that, I mean, there was one top scientist, apparently, he was in line for the Nobel Prize, who just churned out papers a few years back. And uh, it, it turned out that he was using the same graphs for different experiments. And luckily one person happened to notice it one day uh, as this guy got accolades and he'd been picked up by, I think, Bell Labs. And big salary, the whole thing, to churn out absolute nonsense. The CIA were, were fantastic and interested in them. So was the War Departments for the different weapons uh, applications for extreme nanotech uh, applications for this kind of stuff. But it's all fake. The guy just faked papers, said it with incredible confidence, and presented it uh, one after another, almost one a week at times. And he would probably still be gone if someone had noticed to use the same graph twice for two different experiments and two different things. Yep, that's quite something, isn't it? That's how things really are. But it's all turned out to the public, all this rubbish, to fill your brain up with rubbish. Or to see how gullible you are and to see if you will just repeat rubbish. And also, too, they want to find out the ones who aren't repeating all this rubbish. Who are they? Who's, who's a thinker? Does a flag go up? Or is there a little light come off you or something? When you, ah, there's a thinker. This person thinks. Oh, stop him, stop him. I will also put up another article on, a, on the same topic. A computer conference welcomes gobbledygook paper. And uh, again, it's kind of amusing too, of course. But it just shows you how much out there is actually fake. Uh, and uh, just how far you can go with uh, programs specifically written for computers uh, to, to emulate real things, to try and simulate real things, like tones of things, and uh, and they can actually pass. They can actually pass detection by a lot of people. Now they've got programs out for scientists to detect which ones are fake, <laughs> written by the guys who invented the fake system, <laughs> naturally. <laughs> Why do you think the, the guys who... Um, who'd work all the, the spyware to catch spyware in your computer, uh, they'd probably put this darn spies stuff out there to, to begin with, and the viruses, and then they'd tell you, oh, we've got, we've got the antidote to it, and it'll cost you X amount of bucks, and that's how, how things work in society. Yeah. Same thing. And um, tonight I'll also put up some links to uh, the CIA. We're talking about... Um, Islamic State. They keep changing the terms, of course, just to keep everybody confused. I think it's ISIL or it's ICE, 
and so on and so on. But um, the, the bottom line of, of the articles is they want to get more power to go into the internet and collect more data, etc., etc., on behalf of the CIA and so on. So it's it's nothing new at all. And then, of course, uh, an article too you've all seen, I'm sure, about uh, Texas and they're not not being allowed to keep out Syrian refugees. A federal judge has ruled, and so on. So it shouldn't surprise anybody because it, was, it came from the top a few years back that you're going to live with terrorism for the rest of your days and probably a few generations after you as well. That's the new normal that's going to go on for forever. It's the greatest way to control a whole planet for a global system of governance and to keep everybody basically monitored. Uh, that's the that's the reason for it. So. Um, and you will have radicalized people who are born inside your own countries, uh, but whose, whose historical background is, are the very countries across the Middle East that have been under such heavy bombardment for years now. It's, uh, that's what happens. You know, People don't necessarily identify with the country they're born and raised in. That's just the way it is. Well, tonight when he mentioned Joe Cox, the politician in Britain that was murdered, and how similar it was to another one that happened some years back in Sweden. But it says, um, Britain remembers Joe Cox as police investigate suspected killers far right links. This is the spin that's put on this one. And it says, um, after neo-Nazi, this is Nazi thing again. You know, literature was found at the home of Tommy uh, it's, it's my ear, or I'm not sure how to pronounce this one. The man suspected of killing Cox, police said that his apparent links to far-right groups would form a priority line of inquiry. Uh, officers said they would also look into claims surrounding his mental health. As the EU referendum campaigning was suspended, uh, the Conservatives, Liberals, Democrats and UKIP all said they would not put up candidates in the eventual by-election that will be held in Cox's constituency. The Green Party also said it was unlikely to field the candidate. And it's... Um, I'm not really sh- sure how... I think... The, I don't know if she was shot or she was knifed or whatever. Um, it doesn't really say in this particular article. But anyway, um, she was going to push to stay in the European market this this super government and um so this so the take on it the spin is that uh, this was because of her stance and wanted to keep britain inside this um massive um new soviet system called the, the eu and uh, and someone was was ticked off about it obviously and also, this Swedish politician happened 13 years ago. It says it mirrors the murder of the UK lawmaker. The fatal attack on a pro-European British lawmaker just a week ahead of the, the key Brexit, that's the exit for Britain referendum, vote has shaken the politicians and so on. It says it's the first time in nearly a quarter of a century that a UK politician has been murdered. The case bears startling similarities to the assassination 13 years ago in Sweden of a pro-EU Anna Lind. And um, this is days before Sweden would vote on where to join the euro as a currency. 
which further cements you into binding in the, in the new Soviet. This is in 2003, a 46-year-old uh, lead campaigner for Sweden's to adopt the euro currency was stabbed while shopping in a Stockholm department store. She'd been shopping for clothes for a Eurozone debate scheduled that evening. The next day on September 11th, Social Democratic Foreign Minister Lind died from her injuries. On the following Sunday, the Swedes rejected the proposals to adopt the common currency. And back in Britain, the death of Labour Member of Parliament MP set a similar tone around uh, the otherwise, basically what they mean is rowdy debate. The 41-year-old was shot in the small town of Bristol, north of England, while on her way to meet with constituents in a nearby library Thursday afternoon. So, there you go, she was actually shot. This is current reports of unconfirmed eyewitness accounts. The attacker shouted, Britain first. And so, well, we don't know if that's true or not. Uh, unconfirmed eyewitness accounts. Media reports have identified the suspect as a 52-year-old local man, Tommy Meyer, or Mayer, who was said to have lived alone in a nearby estate. And this one says it's unclear whether there was any political intent behind Cox's murder. And both sides of the EU referendum have since suspended campaign activities. So, who knows? This certainly certainly will make hay of this, for sure. Um, uh, as again... Uh, how can they use this to their advantage, etc. The same old stuff. It's quite something. But they're certainly collecting a lot of money um, on behalf of this woman, Cox, who's deceased, um, and giving to her favourite charities. That's how you get into politics. You've got to attend lots of charities and get involved. Uh, and once you've done all that and you get into politics, then you, then you try to always pick... Well, yeah, basically, you're climbing the proper ropes, you know. Uh, you know what they want at the top, they want to hear, and you go for it and you push it. And most politicians now, once they've done finished with all the charities and actually get elected, they actually want to, to get into uh, the super European parliament. That's a big step up. You see more prestige, more more personal accolades and power and all the rest of it. And so they, they can't be uh, national or even nationalistic anymore, you see. In fact, what they keep calling Nazi is, is people who are nationalistic. That's what they mean by that, far-right Nazi. You know? That's what they really mean. So, um, there you go. And um, one of the, one of the uh, areas where this woman, Cox, was involved was um, helping set up, the, I think it was Syria's White Helmets, is called, they're the first to rush in when the bombs hit. And this article here is about how these volunteers they rush into the bomb buildings and so on in Syria. Uh, they're called Syrian Civil Defense, or White Helmets. Uh, volunteer rescuers was formed in 2013 and now have 2,700 members. Uh, but what's interesting, too, is even the way this is worded here, uh, they're claiming that it's, it's Assad's regime that's doing the bombing. Now, as folk have been watching this all these years now, it's been the same agenda <laughs> from, from right through Libya, get rid of the Libya, and to get rid of uh, Syria. Uh, they want them to be down to the same rubble state, like Stone Age state, as they did with uh, Iraq, as you well know. So that was on the list too of the new American century. All these countries were on that list to be taken out. So, um, 
So she did the right thing here. She, she was involved as uh, setting up this, this group too. Um, so she definitely knew which ones to pick uh, that would be applauded to get up even higher into what is seen to be this, by the public, is seen to be this massive socialist, ultra-socialist type of governmental system called the EU Parliament. But the Parliament itself really gives, yeah, gives you lots of a bigger paycheck for sure and massive uh, increase in your expenditures, etc., and more prestige. But really the Parliament in the EU is more of a front than anything because uh, the commission at the top that's unelected by anybody makes all the laws. It's not democratic at all. Only the appearance of it. But anyway, I'm just showing you how things... Uh, who knows who's using who? Did they actually murder folk and use them? Do they? Do you really think that they live in such a, a nice system of upright people, of power and power, that they wouldn't bump off occasional person here and there to, to use their death for their own agenda? Do you really think that? Do you think that all ended sometime in the Middle Ages or something? When when kings would often get knocked off by their sons, sometimes their daughters, you know. And Cleopatra did that with her brother, for goodness sake, back in Egypt. So this is what goes on, you know. It's always gone on. And the saying, the end justifies the means, is still is true today, maybe even more so today, because so much is riding on this planned future planned a long time ago, and we're taught to be naive, aren't we? Awfully naive. And unfortunately, most of the things people are talking about are just repetitive prattle of nonsense that's fed to them daily. Daily. From the minute they get up to the second they drop off to sleep. Someone is after your mind to fill all the empty spaces for their own agenda. Now, Rayman, uh, I just want to mention that I, that I got your note. I got your note. Thanks. From Hamish, myself, Ontario, Canada, it's good night. May your God or your gods go with you.